Remember, Jesus would always say, let him who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're going to be in Exodus 18, and I entitled this message, A Sensible Use of Time. Let's read what happens next, picking up in chapter 18, verse 13. And it came about the next day that Moses sat as a judge for the people. And the people stood about Moses from morning until evening, all day long, talking to these people. Now, when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as a judge and all the people stand about you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, it comes to me. And I judge between a man and his neighbor and make known the statutes of God. See, uh, so what's the problem here? Oh, people have a beef with their neighbor. Yeah, we're, you know, your tent's touching my tent. Hey, you know, hey, you took some of my man. I want that man. I mean, who knows what these people are complaining about? They're a bunch of moaners and groaners. And so now these people have all these complaints and they want to go take them before Moses. Well, I'm going to take you to Moses and we'll see what he has to say about it. Verse 17, Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. You be the people's representative before God, and you bring the disputes to God. Then teach them the statutes and the laws, and make known to them the way which they are to walk and to work and what they are to do. It's like, Moses, you've got to teach these people themselves the word. They have to come to you every time. Teach them what's right and what's wrong so that these people can figure it out themselves. Verse 21, furthermore, you shall select out of all the people, able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place these over them as leaders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and let them judge the people at all times, and let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you, but all all the minor disputes they themselves will judge. Okay, do you see what he just established there? He just established the entire judicial system of the United States right there. You have lower courts, you have the city courts, you have the you know county courts, you have you know you have the state courts, you have all of these different courts, you have multiple different levels of courts. This is what this is established here. And then if you go through all those courts and you can't, well, I'm gonna appeal that. I don't agree with that. I'm gonna appeal, I'm gonna appeal. Where does it finally go? The Supreme Court. Moses was like the Supreme Court because once it goes there and then once you judge, that's it. There's no more going to court. There's no more appealing this. It's over. That's the final say. So God established the entire penal system of the United States right here in Exodus 18. 
He goes on in verse 24, says, So Moses listened to his father-in-law, and he did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over all the people, the leaders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And they judged all the people at all times and the difficult disputes they would bring to Moses. But every minor dispute, they themselves would judge. Wow. Wow. God, everything goes back to the Bible. Everything. So Jethro took one look at this workload that Moses had. He says, what in the world are you doing, Moses? Jethro was saying, I can look a little farther down the road, Mo, and I'll tell you this, you're headed for total and complete burnout. It's not good. You can't work 15 hours a day. It's just not going to work. I must admit, I've always been kind of a workaholic in my life. And so it is for our entire staff here at Core Church. And I'm so blessed to have the most committed group of men and women that make Core Church work. And that includes all the volunteers that come here every single week and, and, and just serve the people running the cameras, the parking lot crew, and you know just everyone that works behind the scenes, and people that put the words on the screens and the pictures on the screen, and so many people that are working in the children's ministry and what have you. We could not do what we do here without people that volunteer and serve here, for without them, we could not accomplish the ministry that happens here weekly. But that's one reason why I had to close our offices on Monday, you know, to give our staff some rest because it's like the work will never end. There's always going to be work. There's always going to be marriages that need to be put back together. There's always going to be counseling that needs to be done. But, you know, so we're still here six days a week, but we do close the offices on Mondays now so that our staff can spend time with their families. But yes, Jethro came to Moses as an older man of God, someone who has walked in his faith for a very long time. And Moses, get this, Moses listened to his father-in-law. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you ready? You might have liked me before this, but now you might hate me. I don't know. Number one, do you have someone in your life who is older in the Lord? Do you have someone in your life that you listen to? Now, they don't have to be way older than you in age as far as physical age. They might be your same age. But are they older than you in their maturity level in the Lord? Do you have someone in your life that is more mature in the Lord around you? Someone that you can listen to. You know, someone that when, you know, they can lead you back to the Bible when you face difficulties and hardships in your life, when you face problems, someone that'll give you godly counsel, not just what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. You know, if your marriage is in a rough spot, you don't want to go to that friend that's already divorced. You know, just give him up. You know, like, you deserve better than this. You know, why don't you go get married to someone else? You know, why don't you do what I did? Just divorce that fool. And you're like, okay, good. Now my life can be a disaster just like yours is because you didn't listen to what God said to do. See, you know, that's not the person that you need to listen to in those times. Yes, every one of us, we need godly counsel. We need godly examples in our life. Do you have someone that you can listen to the hard things, things that you need to hear? If you don't have a friend like that, 
you need to find one. Because there's always going to be the Christian that will tell you what you want to hear. It's like if you ask enough people, you'll find this slack-jaw Christian that will tell you everything you want to hear. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. You should just go do that. It's like you don't want that person. You want the person that will see the hard things. You want the person who is a mature Christian. You know, we have a lot of mature Christians here at Core Church. Maybe getting plugged into one of our home Bible studies is a good way to maybe start to meet one of those. You know, we have home Bible studies throughout the area. We have one in Burbank. We have another one, I think, in the valley, all around the church. (laughs) That's where we have them, (laughs) okay? And so you can see we have maps right here on the wall. Pastor Kevin Fieri, he's the one that is the overseer, you know, and Pastor Kevin and his wife, Caroline, they actually do one in Culver City right here, uh, you know, so it's like you can get plugged in with a home Bible study and you think, well, I don't know about going to someone's house, isn't that like a w- little weird? It's like, uh, no, not at all. You know, people get there, it's a smaller group, you can ask questions, you can have people pray for you, and then you get to know these people at a home Bible study, then all of a sudden you come to church when people are hurting in and hurting out, it's like, oh, hey, there's so-and-so. You know, me and my wife, you know, we've been married 42 years, but when we first got married after a couple of years, that's when we started going to home Bible studies. And that was a major part of our life for decades. We were major involved with home Bible studies, but that's one way of getting to know someone maybe more mature in the faith. You know, other ways is getting to know our pastors. We've got five pastors on staff. You should get to know them. We have, you know, uh, Pastor Kevin. We have uh, Pastor Brenton. We have Pastor John, we have Pastor uh, Shannon, we have uh, Pastor Abel, and so it's five guys besides me, so I'm like the sixth guy. So, you know, you should get to know our pastors, you know, you should get to know their names, they should get to know your face. And uh, what about our elders and our deacons here? You know, you should get to know them. Uh, You know, one of our elders is Jerry back here, he's leaning against the wall right there, that's one of our elders right there, you should get to know Jerry, you know, and it's like we have other elders here, we have other deacons here, what about the heads of ministry. All of our ministries have ministry heads, like in our parking lot. Corey's the head of that. He's also one of our deacons, you know. So you have people here. We have ministry leaders, but get to know those who are always here and working. So number one is, do you have someone in your life that you, uh, that is a more mature Christian than you are? They're more mature. They're more uh, in-depth with God's word. And number two, if you do have someone that's older in the Lord, someone that is uh, really grounded in God's word, here's the next question. Do you listen to them? Do you listen to their counsel? Or do you just keep asking for those people around you that'll tell you what you want to hear? Remember, Jesus would always say, let him who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. God will many times use someone around us to minister to us. That doesn't mean that every time someone says something around us, it's always right. But when we find godly men and women that base their counsel on what the Word of God says, those are the ones that we want to hear from. Those are the people. This is why at Core Church, we teach the Bible book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, so that we can replace our secular worldview 
with a biblical worldview. Because the more you hear the Bible, the more you start thinking the way that God wants you to think, not the way that the world thinks. Example, it's easy as a single person to get tired of waiting for a Christian to date. You're thinking like, I've been going to church and you know, no one's taking me out on a date and I'm sick of being single. So I think I'm going to look for a little La Vida Loca, you know. I'm, I'm going to go, go out and go clubbing a little bit, you know. And it's like, that's where you need a Christian to come in and say, uh, let me think about that. That's the worst thing you could do. Because God is preparing you to be the man or the woman for someone else. And here you are, you're going to go blow up by going dating some heathen dog out there. And so it's like, maybe the reason someone hasn't come into your life yet is maybe you're not ready yet. You ever think about that? Maybe God's trying to mold and shape you to get you to be the person that that mate that you're going to have one day needs. Or maybe you are ready, but maybe the one that God has purposed for you from the foundation of the world, maybe they're not ready yet. And they need a little bit more time. That's why if you're single and you desire a relationship, a godly relationship, you should be praying for that mate every single day. You should get up like, Lord, I don't know where they're at in life right now because it's not like they're not born, right? So you just say, Lord, help them. Help them in their struggles and help me in my struggles so that we can both become who you want us to be. Yet mature Christians know it's never wrong to do the right thing. That's why you need to hear from someone who is grounded in God's word. It's never wrong to do the right thing, even if our culture is doing the polar opposite of what the Bible tells us. And isn't that what our culture is doing? Isn't our culture doing the polar opposite of what the Bible says? And that's why our culture is spinning out of control right now. That's why our world is such a mess right now, because they're not willing to do it God's way. Yes, more mature Christians can share wisdom with younger Christians so that you don't fall into the same pitfalls that they did when they were younger. See, I love being able to share with people when I'm counseling. Oh, yeah, I remember I was thinking that same way 30 years ago. And this is what I did. And this is how it blew up in my face. You know, it's like, no, we don't need to hear that. We need to hear what God has to say, not what our friends have to say if our friends are giving us bad counsel. Yes, Jethro said to Moses in verse 17, this is not good. Moses, you're going to burn out if you keep working these 15-hour days listening to all these people's complaints. Jethro said, you need to get some help. Know this, it is always better to get a hundred men to work than to do the work of a hundred men. And listen, if you got a heavy load right now, if you get someone to help you, now it's a half a load, okay? That's the way you got to look at it. Get some help. Don't do it all yourself. And what was right for Moses is still right for today. I have a vision for Los Angeles. Now I could stop eating and stop sleeping and get out on the street, you know, 24 seven. And I could just, you know, maybe there'd be a little, you know, fruit in that, but then I would just drop dead, right? It's like, you're just doing too much. Or we could all just do the work together, right? We all live here. You know, some of you live in Orange County, you know, thank you for coming. It's like, and it's like, but we could all work together in this. So instead of me just getting out on the street and not eating and sleeping and just finally dropping dead one day, we could all just share a little bit of Christ wherever we go. 
And we just share it with the people that we come in contact with. And all of a sudden, now we're making contact with so many people. Now we're being used of God. People are being invited to church. Things are growing. Why? Because we're all doing the work together here. Yes, that's what's going to work the best. I wonder which way you think would work the best. Understand, Jethro was on the outside looking in. He had a clearer picture and a clearer view of what was happening and what was going to happen to Moses. Maybe those around you can see something that you're not seeing. This is why when we share with someone more mature in the Lord, maybe they're seeing something that you haven't seen yet. So what's the criteria in finding someone that we can listen to? What's the criteria? Like you might say, I need a Jethro in my life or uh, a female version of Jethro in my life for you ladies, okay? So what's the criteria? Well, notice what Jethro said in verse 21. He says, find those who fear God. Yeah, you find someone who fears God, they're gonna be living right. That's the person you want. Those who know the truth, that's who you want. You want someone who, who just says the truth of God's word is that's what I stand on. And those who hate dishonest gain. So you don't want someone who wants something from you. Like, yes, you know, yeah, I'll be your mentor, but you know, I want something out of you. You know, I can have you help me clean my house or what? What? No, it's not a, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. It's just having someone who loves the Lord and wants to help take you under their wing. Let's not forget, there's four ways that basically God speaks to us. Four ways, okay? And it's like 99 and nine-tenths of the time, this is how God's gonna speak to us. Now look, God is God. He could speak to us through a rock. He could speak to us through a redwood tree. He could have a little hummingbird come up in your face. And you can say, hi, I'm God. I mean, it's like, you know, God can do anything. But he doesn't usually do that, okay? So 99 and nine-tenths of the time, this is how God speaks to us. Number one, through his word. It's like you have to take time and read the Bible yourself. You got to be alone and you got to read the Bible yourself. 99 and 9 tenths of the time, God's going to speak to us through one of these four ways. Number one, through the reading of his word. Number two, through prayer. Prayer is a code word for talking with God. You're going to spend time talking with God. God is going to sometimes when you're praying, he's going to speak to your heart. And that's another way that God speaks to us. What's the third way that God speaks to us? Number one is through his word. Number two is through prayer. Number three is coming to church. That's why he says, don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. It's coming to church. Hopefully through this message, uh, something ministers to you and you grab onto it. Like, you know what? That's me. I need that in my life. Okay. See, that's how God speaks to us. You know, sometimes people come to me and say, hey, did my spouse, did my wife come in here and tell you something about me? Because man, that whole message is about me. Did she give you some inside intel on me? Like, no, that's just the Holy Spirit of God speaking to you that you need to change in this area. Okay, so number one, it's the word of God. Number two, it's prayer. Number three, it's coming to church. And number four, it's using other mature Christians around you. Those are the four ways. Now, God can do other ways, but you're going to find 99% of the time, that's how God will always speak to us by those that are grounded in the word of God in these other areas. And check out what it says in verse 24 again. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he said. He didn't say, let me cherry pick. I'll do this and I'll do that. No, no, no. He listened and he did all that his father-in-law had said. Know this, 
We're not better or smarter than Moses. None of us are. We're not better than Moses. Moses listened and he did all that Jethro said. Can that be said about us? Or do we just you know, do what we want to do and only listen to what we want to listen to? See, because it's like that's what people do with ditching ears. That's why they get involved with these churches that tell you every Sunday, you're a champion, you're wonderful, you're great. And it's like, yes, I'm great, I'm wonderful, I'm a champion. It's like, but your life's a mess. No, it's like you need to be told the truth of God's word so we can cut out the areas that are, that are resisting God's spirit in our life. And we need to be open so that he can mold and shape us into who he desires us to be again. God wants to use us in such a way that will bring glory and honor to him. And so we must listen so that God can cause change in our hearts and our lives. Let's not forget, we can all make a lot of costly mistakes, right? Haven't we all made mistakes? Haven't we all had to pay prices for those? And God can work through those mistakes, right? Romans 8, 28, God can cause all things to work together for those that are in Christ Jesus. But how much... Would it be better if we stopped making continual costly mistakes and by listening to what God wants to do in our life? Yes, God can redeem us from a bad mistake, but if you start listening more, you start making less and less bad mistakes. Maybe you're here today and you're a little overwhelmed with circumstances, or maybe you're overwhelmed with everything that's happening in our world today. You know, there's a lot to be overwhelmed in our world today. We have crime that is skyrocketing, crime that's off the hook. Maybe you're a little overwhelmed with that. Well, guess what? It's not changing anytime soon. Here in California, we have elected in all these people that don't prosecute criminals and everything. So unless, you know, we start radically changing the way we vote these slack jaws that are running our state here, it's like crime is not going to change anytime soon here in America. So that means that there has to be a complete reversal of the way that we're doing things. Are we going to get to that point? I don't know, but God can comfort you in the midst of it. What about the war? What about with Russia and Ukraine? Russia's made it pretty clear. Anybody else in any of the countries step in and you start fighting us, we're going to let loose on nuclear weapons. Could this be World War III? Could there be a nuclear, uh, you, know, ex- you know, battle going on here? Maybe. But it's like, it's like how are you going to like, deal with that? What about inflation? Did you ever think you'd be paying almost seven bucks a gallon for gas? It's like, are you talking pesos here? I mean, it's like seven bucks? It's like, I mean, all the inflation. I mean, everything's just out of control right now. And with this administration, do you think it's going to get any better anytime soon? No. So what do you do when we're surrounded by so many overwhelming circumstances? The Bible says in Psalm 46.10, Cease striving and know that I am God. It's like, cease striving. It's like, look, you know, just don't wake up every day worried about this. Come to me, all you that are heavy laden, Jesus said, and I'll give you rest. He's the only place you're going to find rest. It's not going to be anywhere else. It's going to be finding rest in him. And so God said, look, in spite of everything that's happening in the world today, I can give you peace. No matter what your circumstances are, I can give you rest. That's God's promise to you. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. 
You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Hi, ladies. Welcome to Open My Eyes. I'm Lori Wilburn. Does our faith show the world that God is enough? Psalm 1715 says, As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. To be satisfied means to be content with what has been experienced or received. Ladies, we're pursuing the very things that the world says will bring fulfillment and identity. Christian women, when did Jesus stop becoming our all in all? Let's discover what only can be found in Him, and may the world see through us that He has satisfied our souls. Hannah Whittall Smith said, The last and greatest lesson the soul has to learn is the fact that God and God alone is enough for all its needs. To learn more, visit my blog at corechurchla.org. corechurchla.org